into the part four of the family of family God's design series, part four. Now, I want to tell you again, if you've just started coming, maybe just come started coming back. If you want a, a copy of the first three parts of the series, just tell them in the sound booth, sign up on the sign up sheet back there. You can get the CDs. You can take them in your car and listen to them or whatever. And soon my goal this year is to is to get us to the point of where we're all recording everything digitally where we can put it on MP3 and all that kind of stuff so you can get it off of that easier than CDs. Amen? Who likes that? Yeah, some people like that. You can go on the website. Yeah. You won't see a picture, though. We're going to try to get some videos. We're going to try to get the ability to video some of our services, but I don't want to, I don't know if I want every week on there, you know, because I say some things sometimes that are outrageous. And we'd have to have an editing department here or something, you know, so... All right. So, but uh, anytime I want to tell you something right at the beginning, these 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 lessons that I'm teaching now on the family, I may go. Listen, I'm telling you the truth and I hope you don't leave the church, but I may teach this stuff all through summer. It may go all through summer because there's so much that the Bible has to say about family, about the role of the husband, the role of the wife, parenting, kingdom parenting, grace parenting. How to parent your children. There's a lot of things that are involved in this. And you're going to like it. It's going to help you. And it's what the Bible has to say about living this life, this family that, that God designed. He designed this. They're, they're, and, and it's ingenious. It's, it's awesome. But family is very important. The will of God for your lives and for your family is nothing short of greatness. Y'all, did you all hear what I just said? The will of God for your lives and for your family is nothing short of greatness. Every one of us in this room, he's talking about all of us. If you could see what your... Let me ask you this question. If you could see what your life would be like and your family would be like, if you were, if you were to step into this will, this plan that God has ordained and predestined you to walk in, if you could see what your life and family would be like in five years, if you could just see that, there's no doubt in my mind that you wouldn't do everything possible to follow God's plan. No doubt. What I'm, what I'm, trying, what I'm trying to get you to do on this is to see yourself and your family five years from now. Where do you, where do you want it to be? I don't think we, some people don't ever even think about the future. They just live one day at a time. One day at a time. No, no. God wants us to have vision. The people, Scripture says people without vision perish. You need to have a vision for your life. You need to have a vision for your family down the road to not only for you, but your family as well. What do you want your kids to be doing? I tell you what I wanted my kids to be doing all my life when we were raising those kids. I wanted them to live for God. That's all. I didn't care what else they did in life. I wanted them to live for God. And if you do that, if you live for God and you put God first in your life, listen, things are going to fall in place. They're, they're going to be lined up in the path that God has for you. Amen. So listen to this statement. Listen to this statement very closely. If somebody's not listening, hit them. If you can see it by faith, if you can see it by faith and believe it by faith and live it by faith, then you will receive it. 
Did y'all did, now grasp that? You might want to write that down. And I, I'm serious about this. If you can see it by faith and believe it by faith and live it by faith, then you will receive it. Listen, because faith is not going to take you astray. If you're listening to the voice of God and God is leading you by His Holy Spirit, then what God has given you in faith to believe for, listen, your desires change when you give yourself to God, when you surrender to Him, then you surrender to His will. And then He changes all your desires. Kim and I used to go honky-tonking every Saturday night. Can you all believe that? Just about every Saturday night, I think, before we started following after God again. And God changed all those desires. I wouldn't care to go honky-tonking ever again. It starts When you pursue Him and you start chasing after Him, everything changes in your life. And if you don't want that, I'm sorry. But God's got greater things than honky-tonk in your life. Much greater. He's got greatness for you. Kim shared this statement the other day, and I, she was reading a book to me, and I was... She reads, she reads to me. She reads her books to me in the car when we're traveling. So I'll read them too. So I'm reading them too. But this statement came out. A.W. Tozer. Anybody know A.W. Tozer? He said this. God waits to be wanted. God waits to be wanted. That's a profound statement. He's not going to force us. He's not going to push Himself into our lives. But He so wants to be wanted. By you. That's a powerful statement. God has already provided for us everything we need in this life now in order to live a victorious, successful life on this earth. He's already provided everything for us. Let me tell you something. Don't don't beg God with your prayers. Don't beg Him for things. Don't beg Him for stuff. Don't beg Him to do this or do that. He's done all He's going to do. He's done it all. It's all been done through Jesus Christ. You need to believe by faith now for the things that God has already provided for you. Can anybody understand that? Don't beg God. God has already provided for us everything we need in this life to live victoriously. He's not holding back anything for you. He's not holding back. I remember thinking myself, you know, well, I'd like to have a lot of money one of these days, thinking this this thought. And God said, you can have it now. I said, no, no, Lord, you know you know, you don't want to put it in my hands now because I'm immature and I would spend it. I'd blow it on something else. That's the way I was thinking then. But God has everything for you. It's ready for you. When you're ready for it, He's ready to give it. He's not holding back anything for you. It's your decision and it's my decision to receive it by faith. The things we need in life. God's provided it for us. I pray that we'll all receive what God has destined for all of us to have on this earth. You know, people talk about at funerals. Somebody said one time, I remember hearing them say, that there's, there's all these gifts in heaven or that, that God wanted this person to have while he was on the earth. But he never, he never received them while he was alive on the earth. And they're not going to be there for him when he gets to heaven. No. God meant for him to have those gifts here on the earth. Amen. <laughs> Don't, you know, the, somebody said this, and I can't remember exactly how they said it about the, the cemeteries. 
There's so many unfulfilled destinies and promises that are buried in that cemetery that God had for them that they didn't live out. And I believe with, but I believe with every bit of faith that I have that if you'll wake up, rise up, and faith up in who you are in Christ and commit to these teachings and these Sundays and Wednesdays. My wife teaches on Wednesday night and she is awesome. Last Wednesday night, uh, Scott and Shannon were here and we had the largest crowd we've ever had on a Wednesday night. 79 people showed up on Wednesday night. That was great. But if you'll, if you'll purpose in your hearts to, to want to learn from God, you're going to learn it here. We're going to teach it here. Amen. And uh, make the sacrifices that are necessary for the sake of your family, your marriage, and your relationship with the Holy Spirit of God. Then you'll see the changes in your life come to pass. You'll see the transformation unfolding right in front of your eyes. God always blesses. Listen, God always blesses good stewardship. I think that's in our notes. God always blesses good stewardship and God always blesses commitment to His will. Leave that up. Somebody write that down. That's the truth. We want to help strengthen your families and our relationships with one another in our homes and with God. We want to help you accomplish that. And uh, here's another one. The truth is, the truth is this. You can't get right with your family, them, until you get right with Him. I mean, that's the truth. In, in law enforcement, there's a word that uh, they use for the area that each law enforcement agency is to have the responsibility to protect and enforce the law. And it's called jurisdiction. Jurisdiction. And, and I didn't know this, but a DPS guy... Highway Patrol, he has total jurisdiction over the whole state. I mean, I saw a guy, I saw a DPS guy stop somebody who was speeding in the uh, school zone the other day. I said, why do you do that? He's taking that money from the city. <laughs> but he's got jurisdiction anywhere. Amen. And, uh, but juris- jurisdiction, the word simply means authority. That's authority. And uh, in the home and in the family, there must be an identified leader of authority, preferably the father. And that person of authority must also be under, hear me now, also must be under the authority and leadership of Jesus Christ. This is how God teaches us in the Bible about the proper order of leadership. And administration of authority in the family and even in other areas. After we've accepted our responsibility, which is what we taught last week. Remember, we taught on accepting your responsibility. Wake up and and take your responsibilities as a parent. After we've accepted that, then God wants to empower us to lead our families. Parents, do you know your kids need a leader? And they don't need Michael Jordan or Charles Barkley to lead them. They need you to be their leader. I heard Charles Barkley say this one time. He said something bad and somebody said, well, you're not a good role model. And he said, I'm not supposed to be your role model. You know, and that was good because he recognized the fact that he wasn't a role, shouldn't have been a role model for kids. Listen, 
we, we, we got, we got too much sports and entertainment and all these things that we, that our kids focus on them and that's, that's their leaders and that's who they follow. It's good to have somebody that, that entertains you, but don't follow after them. Amen? Fathers and parents, you have jurisdiction over your home. <laughs> they got this new uh, cable, this new cable channel, I mean cable advertisement. And this little kid, their little daughter comes in and he said, they, the parents said, where, where have you been? Well, I was over at so-and-so's house and we were watching this and that. He said, you know we don't do cable here. You know we don't, you know we don't allow that. What kind of, you know, just getting on her about going, doing something they don't, they don't agree with. And, uh, but listen, you rule your house. Parents, your kids don't rule you. You rule them. And, and they need to know that. They need to know that. The influence that today's culture is having on our families and our young people, it's no different than it was 20, 30, 100 years ago. It's no different, really. It's no different. It's, it's crazy. But it was crazy in the 60s. I want to tell you, I grew up in the 60s. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> Some of us know, don't we know, Derek? Since the beginning of time, man has followed after every selfish desire that came along. Since the beginning of time. Without God in our lives, the chances for success in having a peaceful, loving, and exciting home are very low. You've got to have God in there. And I don't, mean, I don't mean just setting the Bible on the coffee table either. That ain't God. That's His Word. But, but that's not doing anything sitting there. God sees and knows what a mess many of our homes are in today, and He wants to help us redeem our families and our, and our homes, and He must redeem us first. We've got to be first. So let's look at what Jesus teaches us here in John chapter 15. Finally getting to a scripture. It says, John chapter 15 in the New King James Version, it says, As I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. The Passion, the Passion Translation says it like this. I am the sprouting vine and you're my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. This is the Word of God. This sounds like Jesus wants to help us do what we can't do without Him. Amen? Who wouldn't want to do that? In this verse right here, John fifteen five, Jesus is saying to us that He is the source of life. And that if we will have a personal relationship with the source of life, with Him, He'll live in us and we'll bear much fruit. Who wants to be fruitful? Not fruity. Fruitful. we got enough fruity people. But I want to be fruitful. I want to produce. The word abide here means to dwell, to take up residence. Hey, it works both ways. You take up residence with Him, He'll take up residence in you. Allow Jesus to take residence in your life. And listen, just as the vine is the source of all nourishment for a, a fruit, you know, on, a, on the watermelon, 
that vine that's growing over there to that watermelon, it provides all the nourishment that watermelon needs. It's, it's, it's uh, the source of, and it's wealth for the fruit. Jesus is the same way to us. He's the vine. We're the, we're the fruity people. We're the fruit. And he's, he's feeding us. He's nourishing us. He's given us all we need to live this life that he's called us to live. Stay connected. You, what, what happens to that watermelon when you cut it? You better get rid of it quick. You got to go sell it. And, or it'll die. Amen. And, and Jesus, he's the source of our life. He's the source to bring us. He's the one that said, I've come to give you life. And not just a life, but an abundant life. He promises us that through allowing Him to empower us through our relationship with Him, that He in us, that we will prosper in life, in every area of our lives, abundantly. Listen, unless you receive Jesus Christ as Savior and allow the Holy Spirit to fill you and then guide you in life, then your efforts will be in vain. Psalm 127 the first part of Psalm 127, 1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. The, the, the Passion Translation said it like this in the first part there. It says, If God's grace, and I love this, it says, If God's grace doesn't help the builders, they will labor in vain to build a house. If God's grace. Listen, folks, we're in a covenant of grace with God at this moment. And, as, and unless we see things in the graceful way, we're going to miss it. And I don't want to miss it in my home. I don't want to miss it with my family. I want God to help me with His grace. Empower me with His grace. Amen? The Message Bible says it like this. If, if God doesn't build a house, the builders only build shacks. Now, that's all... That's pretty bad, except if you're in the case of Shaquille O'Neal. They built a shack there. Amen. Shaquille, do y'all know? Do y'all know this little trivia? Shaquille O'Neal actually played here in Luling, Texas, in that that Brown Gym. You know the Brown Gym, the old. It's a junior high gym now, I think. Shaquille O'Neal played there when he was in high school because he we were in Cole was in our district and he played at Cole High School. When he was, uh, his dad was in the military and they traveled. But he was a tall, skinny little thing then. Now he's a big man. Oh, he's big. Yeah. I wouldn't want to get stepped on by him. Your family is at stake. And you can't get right with them until you get right with him. I believe many of you fathers and those of you who are leading your families may feel like you're, you're inadequate in your role. Maybe you feel that way. You may feel like you just don't have the ability to lead or, or the wisdom to lead. That's all the more reason to trust in Him who knows all things. And in Christ, we're able to do all things. You've got to have His help. We need His help. And He will. When we receive Jesus Christ as Savior and allow Him to lead us by the Holy Spirit, we then have the ability to lead our families courageously. Amen. Our focus must be on not our faithfulness, but His faithfulness. He is always faithful. We all need God to step in and do the work of grace for all of us. Amen. All of us. So the Apostle Paul describes the power 
And grace that comes from what Jesus Christ accomplished when He died on the cross. Let's look at what He wrote in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. He said, He said this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are, and I put Alan is right there. I write that in my Bible. For Alan is his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. Listen, we're created in Christ Jesus for good works. We don't do good works so we can be saved. Or so God will like us. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And I want to tell you something. You get saved, you should do good works. You shouldn't just sit around and do nothing. That's not what a Christian does. A Christian is saved for good works. And you will produce them. You will. It's a byproduct of who you are now. The word workmanship used here is the Greek word poima. Poima. There it is. And the verb poil means to make. I don't know if I'm even saying those right, but pretty close. A poem. It's like a poem. A poem is a product of poetry. We're like the work of art. That God, though, we're His workmanship. We're something He created, and it's He's a He's a craftsman, a master craftsman. Amen. Do y'all realize? Do y'all realize? Have you ever watched any of these uh, documentaries on the body and all what we have in our brains and nervous systems and all this stuff? Man, can you imagine? We just evolved out of a slime bug off the beach. There's no way. There's no way. But people who don't believe that God created them can live like slime because that's all they think they are. But I'm not created. I didn't evolve. I was created through and came down the line from Adam. I was a created being that God created. Amen. He breathed life into Adam, which still breathes into every one of us today. And when we get born again, He breathed a new life in you that raised you up from the dead of this world around you. And brought you to new life in Christ. No bondo. No new paint. Brand new creation. Brand new. That's our God. Amen. And He's a master designer. He created the universe and all that it involves. And we are, we are His new creations. Before we gave our lives to Christ, our lives really had no rhyme or reason. Remember we said that last week. Salvation. Listen. Salvation brings us balance, direction, and order to our lives. I can think about our marriage, Kim and I, before we, got, before we started really following after God. We had a knowledge of God. We had an understanding of God. We didn't have God in us. We, had, we knew about God. And once we, once we began to know about God, it changed everything. Our lives began to be in order. We had chaos in our home. But when we set our hearts on God and we received Christ and He came to abide in us, everything changed from that day. Everything changes there. I'm going to tell you, it brings balance and direction and order to your lives. Oh, you're just trying to brainwash people. You need, you need your brain washed. You do. you got a filthy, stinking brain. Your, your, natu- your human nature is filthy. It really is. And parents, I'll tell you this, and I see a lot of parents doing it. 
They let their kids make their own decisions about God. About where they want to go to church. About They don't, they don't teach them. They just, oh, I'm going to let them make their own decision. I was forced into it in my life, but I'm going to let them make their own decision. You're a fool. You'd be foolish to do that. We're not saved by good works, but good works will show up after we are saved. We're saved by faith, which gives us a new identity. The name of this sermon today is Embracing Your Identity. Knowing who you are and embrace it. Salvation is an undeserved free gift of grace to demonstrate God's kindness toward us. It's a free gift of grace that God offers to anyone who's willing to turn from their sins and trust in Him. Anyone. Whosoever. Amen. Whosoever. Let me tell you something about when you, when you get, once you get saved, I remember when I got saved, I came back from that church camp and I wanted to go tell everybody about Jesus. I wanted to go tell everybody. But my parents just really didn't encourage me. And they just really put a damper on me. They, they, they might as well have thrown a wet blanket on me because I cooled off to nothing. Just went back to my old ways. But I had, I had, a, I had a salvation experience, and I know it to this day. And some people will say, no, you you'd probably never were really saved. No, I was because I never forgot it. And I knew it. But I just didn't, I didn't follow, I didn't. I didn't pursue anything after it. I didn't go after God after that. He was trying. He was pulling on me. He was The Holy Spirit was in me. I know. He was warning me about things and I didn't listen. But when, when, you, when you go to witness with others and begin to share your faith with others, I want to tell you, when you share your faith with others, it's more powerful than you can argue somebody about Christianity. Tell them about your experience. What you've experienced with God. That life... Before and, and then when you get saved and after, I want to tell you it's more powerful than anything you can argue with them about the Bible. The best witnessing technique is to share your testimony of what God has done in your life. And you don't have to be a theologian to do that. You know what has happened to you. And you just share that with others. Maybe you don't know, but, you, but you, everything's changed and you know it did. The Apostle Paul shared his testimony. He gave... He shared it three different times in the book of Acts. You can read about him. And I love one of them where he talks about, he's in the court, you know, he's in the court before the judge, Agrippa, whatever he was. And he told him, I think myself happy to be here today. <laughs> and I even used that in a wedding. One time I did a wedding and I said, I think myself happy to be here today to officiate this wedding. But in each, in each of those occasions, he shared three key elements in his uh, testimony. And number one, here they are. Number one, his life before Christ. And, and then his conversion experience, number two. And then his life after Christ and how he was changed. Those three points. If you'll just remember those three points when you're witnessing to someone. And you're wanting to share your faith. You know, listen, you can do this easily. You could even do it in an elevator. You ever thought about that? Just you and one other person. Say, you know what? <laughs> I would do that. I don't, but I don't know if you'd be bold enough to do that, but I would. I would. Because that one elevator I go to, I used to take my dad to, had mirrors all around the elevator in there, and all you see, you see everybody in there, and if it's only you and them, you could talk. Amen. 
But remember those three points. Your life before Christ, your conversion experience, and your life after Christ. And you can be a preacher anywhere. Amen. Embrace your identity. You, you first must be tra- changed by the grace of God. It's the grace of God that's going to transform you. Amen. And the Word. The Word's going to wash your mind, cleanse you of all that those things. You know, as you listen and read the Word of God, you'll learn. 1 John 3, the first part of verse 1, says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Amen. First one. That's it. I'm going to ask everyone to join me in this prayer right now. And I just want to ask you to repeat with me. Now, the reason I want to do this is because I want it to come out of your mouth. I want you to declare this and just agree with me in this prayer. And I want you to say it. So, so don't be silent. Okay? I, I speak it forth. When I say it, and you speak it forth. Because then your body's hearing it. Your mind's hearing it. Okay? Repeat after me. Father God, your grace is truly amazing. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to pay the penalty for my sins. I've heard today of your great love and forgiveness. Today, I take the wheel of trusting in you. Thank you for the gift of salvation. I receive it by faith. Thank you for giving me new life. You have changed my life forever. I am eternally grateful. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give God praise. Amen. Now, now I believe that some of you may have said that with faith like you never have said it before. And like Joel Osteen says at his show, I I believe if you said that, you got saved today. (laughs) Amen. But that's not all there is to salvation now. Come on. God has things for you to do. And He has a heart to help you. Now, now that you are identified with Christ, we're talking about embracing our identity, who we are now, who we are in Christ. Our relationship with Jesus Christ is more than attending church or reading the Bible occasionally. It's living it out every day in our lives. Christianity, really people call it a religion, but it's a lifestyle. It's not just a religion, it's a lifestyle. It's how we live as Christians. We live it out every day. And if you're not pushing your basket back to the rack on H-E-B parking lot, you're not... No. But we live this out openly to the world around us. What what I want you to realize is that other people are, are listening to your sermon. They're looking at your life. They may even know you go to Maranatha and they judge the church by you. Have you ever thought of that? They judge the church by you. They go to Maranatha? There's no way, because I know Pastor Allen, and he teaches better than what I see there. And I've seen some of those posts on Facebook. 
And I know they go to Pastor Allen's church out there. Let's get back to them. But it's more than it's more than just attending church. People, you have to realize, and and I don't look. It's not like you're afraid, and you, oh, I've got to live this perfect life because God knows you're not far from it. All of us. But but He lives through if you'll let Him. He knows you can control it. It's up to you. He knows. But that's not what He wants for you, and that's not what He has for you. He has greatness for you. Don't forget about that. Embrace. Your identity. Who you are. You'll slip up. You will. You'll mess up. You'll do it somewhere in public. You'll see somebody and you'll mess. And you you wish you wouldn't have said that. You wish you wouldn't have posted that. I didn't know you could delete them. Esteban taught me how to delete some. I I put a wrong. I put, what do you call those things? A GIF? What do you call those? GIF? A GIF? I put the wrong. Well, that thing comes up. And my fingers are just too big on my phone. And I, I hit the wrong GIF. It put some stupid thing on there. And, I, <laughs> and then Esteban sent me a, a, a text back and said, you know, you can, you can delete that. I said, well, how? And he told me how. And I, so I did it. I deleted it. I didn't know you could take it back. <laughs> That's before everybody sees it. Man, I'm pretty ignorant when it comes to those cell phones. I'm learning. But I learned a lot more now than I had before when I just had that little flip phone. Man, it would have had no trouble. <laughs> now it's trouble every day. But, but now that you're identified with Christ, embrace your identity. God, listen, don't take this to be mean. I'm not trying to be mean with this, but God wants full custody, not just weekend That's visits. Right. <laughs> he wants full custody. Amen. Talk with him, pray with him, pray to him, and listen and hear from him. Don't just don't just ask. Listen. Worship him. Share with others about how your life has changed because of him. Don't be a crisis Christian. And I and I don't mean this mean because I know see, don't stop coming to me if you're in a crisis. Don't stop calling me. I want you to do that. But don't just be a crisis Christian that you only need help and you only run to God when you're in a crisis. Amen? God will always be there for you. But, but God wants to be there for you even when it's a good time. When you're celebrating, God wants to celebrate with you. When you're crying and you're down and you're hurt, he's wanna be, He wants to be there with you. No, listen, if we think we can make it one step without God, then we don't understand. We don't comprehend who the person of Jesus Christ is and what He's done for us. If we think we can do this on our own, we're not identifying with who we are and whose we are. John 15, 5. I'll go back to the beginning this first Scripture that I opened the teaching with today, I want to go back to that. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. That's pretty strong. But it's profound. Profoundly true. 
Skip down to verse 7 and it says this. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Does anybody uh, believe that? (laughs) Is that a promise from God? Is that a promise from Jesus? It's in red. Yeah, he said that. Abiding also means allowing the Bible, allowing God's Word to go deep and come alive in us. More than gaining just biblical knowledge, we also must make personal application. Being a doer of the Word, James speaks about. It's the Word applied in our lives that changes how we think and how we act. One who abides in God knows His words so they are near for guidance all day long. I want to tell you something. When you got the Word in you and you, and you have a crisis come up, you know exactly what to say. You know what God says about the situation. That's why it's so important to have the Word in you. Not just on you, but in you. The... Uh, Passion Translation says it like this, that same uh, scripture, uh, 15.7. But if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. Life union with Christ. See yourself connected. Life union. He's partner. Amen. And the Holy Spirit reveals the word to us whenever we need it. He reveals it to us. He's the author of the Word of God. And as we rely on His leadership in our lives, we'll have the answer to every single situation in life that we're going to face, whatever it is. So I encourage you today, embrace your identity and live it out every day. Live it out every day. Amen. I just uh, heard the Lord say real quick, just a message. I just feel like I want to say this out loud, but I want to say it to any one person. But I think there's a couple of. I feel like there was a couple of young, a young, young girls. That God wants to say something to you, and I'm not going to point you out, or I don't even know who specifically He's talking about. But He just told me to say this. That you've been looking for these answers all your life. You've been looking for this truth. And you feel such joy right now. When, when, when I've been sharing today that you've, you've just been feeling how like a relief has just come off of you. There's a young girl in this room, maybe more than one, that, that all the pressures of life have just flushed away from you right now. And you feel so at peace now because you've embraced your new identity. Somebody in here. Amen. I want you I just want to encourage you to walk in that now. Just walk in that. God has set you free to be free. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray and we'll close. Thank you, Father. Lord, you're so good. You, you love us so much. And I, I just love that new song we just sang this morning. Your goodness is running after us. Help us to not run so fast. 
but let us get caught. In Jesus' name, we pray, Father, that you would just captivate us, capture us, Lord, even if it's things that that we have to lay down and put away and put aside to get out of the way in our lives, even relationships, some relationships that we need to stay away from. Father, you do that at work in our lives. You help us with that. Help us to make the right decisions as we come to abide in you and you abide in us today. We thank you for being the perfect role model, Jesus. A perfect picture of grace. Help us to be the same way in Jesus' name.